All right, Viking fans, there's a position group getting a lot of publicity. I'm going to talk about who that is next in three, two, one. Gather around, Skull Brothers and Sisters. This is Skull World, brought to you by Minnesota Sports Talk. I'm your host, Dave. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook, at Skull World. Now, make sure you hit subscribe, like, and leave a comment below. I appreciate it. Everything you say to me makes me better. I love it when you comment. I love interacting with you. You're the reason why I do this. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. Subscribe, like, and comment below. Now, let's talk about the position group that's getting a lot of publicity. I went back and watched every offensive play so you didn't have to, and I came away impressed as a whole about our offensive line. Now, you may wonder what's so different about it. We're only changing one guy, right? What's the difference? Well, in this offseason, we are we decided to get a right guard, and we actually got one drafted him, and it's, you know, it's... Um, Ed Ingram, and uh, he's our rookie. So that's amazing in itself that he beat, beat out all these veterans, even the one we were, Jesse Davis, who we ended up trading to to the Steelers. But what you know, Darisaw, he's the same guy. Well, no, he's not. He's got a season under his belt. He came in injured with a groin injury last year. He didn't. When he finally got to start, he had like four days of practice with no off season. So he actually came in, struggled a little bit, but improved throughout the rest of the season. That's a change. Ezra Cleveland is his second year playing the same position for the first time. So that's a big deal. And then O'Neal, he's just solid. He's a pro bowler, man. He's a really good right tackle. But we kept Bradbury, who was our weak link, right? You look at this offensive line, you're going to say, hey, that guy right there in the middle is the weak link. Well, it's not turning out that way, folks. Let's. I don't know how much weight you put into pro football focus, but they look at every play and they grade it from a two to a negative two. Every play. And they come away with a grade and they rank you compared to all the other offensive linemen. So sure, there's a margin for error. But So let's talk about each one of these guys individually. Now, let me get rid of the Justin Jefferson and the Purple Hulk, and you got yourself a Brian O'Neill. Now, Brian O'Neill is grading out. Now, keep in mind, the Philly game, these guys had a little bit lower grades and actually ruined their average, but um, compare it to a what potentially could be a 17-game season with 500 snaps. This may go up, may go down. But considering how Philly, these guys are rated in the 50s and low 60s, and compared to the Lions, where some of these guys were rated in the 80s and were listed as elite players. So, that being said, Brian O'Neill currently is 75.9 rating. That's 12th out of 70 tackles. That's 12th out of 70 tackles that qualify. I think you got to have like 20% of the snaps or something like that to qualify. Last year, so he's 75.9. Last year, over a full season, in 2021, he was ranked seven or he was rated 
So he's actually improved his rating three games into the season with a kind of a kind of a clunker of a second game against Philly. They did do a good job on us. They did get to our, you know, did put a lot of pressure on Cousins. These guys didn't get ranked that high after the second game. But they withheld the pressure. Cousins only got, I think, sacked one time. I don't think it was two. So, yeah, he withheld, we were able to withhold the, you know, fight off the storm, basically, against Philly. So I give him a lot of credit. Now, the next guy, Christian Derrissaw, is a future all-pro in this league. Not just Pro Bowl, all-pro in this league. He was rated in the high 80s in both run blocking and pass blocking. And when I went back and looked at the entire game, he was a beast. Watched every offensive play on this guy. He controlled his man. Did an awesome job. You're not getting by this guy in that game. In fact, some of his run blocks scored us some touchdowns. Christian Derrissaw right now is a 75.5, ranked 14. Now, he had an amazing game. And, uh, in fact, he was probably only outdone by O'Neal in this last game. But 75.5, 14th out of 70 tackles. So we got two guys in the top 14 of the league in tackles, offensive tackles. I wonder if that is the best average. So we're averaging 13th ranked on our tackles. You got to think it's in the top two or three or four or five in the league with these two tackles. So it's looking pretty good. Last year, 2021, Darius started out slowly, but he ended up with a 71.9 average. And that averages your score on every play with run and pass. But he, he he was a little lower last year. He was really high on run blocking, a little lower on pass blocking. But this year, he's pretty equal. He is pretty equal. He's dominant. He didn't have an offseason. He came off injury only in a few days of practice and started. And then he was a above-average starter last year. And now he is borderline, if not already elite. He's, and he's only a second-year player, man. Trent Williams, watch out, man. Uh, next guy, Ezra Cleveland. Now, I I had a lot of sympathy for this guy, because, and Brian O'Neill put it best. He's a left tackle. He comes in the league. They put him at right guard. Then they move him to left guard, and so he's not played a position the same in three years. And finally, he gets to play left guard, and the guy played good, man. He played really good this last game. They rank him uh, 68.7. Again, the Philly game brought everybody down. It ranks 20th out of 71 guards, so not bad. So far, we've gotten everybody who's above average right now, well above average in some cases. 20th out of 71 guards that qualified. 21, he has a 68.6. So a slight improvement, but looking at this last game, I think it's going to be a bigger improvement. I think he's going to get in the 70s. He pass blocked well this last game. He run blocked very well this last game. You're going to see this guy. He is. I I was worried about him. I was worried about him until I uh, heard O'Neal talk about him. 
and then I felt much more comfortable, and now he's meeting my expectations as a left guard. This guy's playing out of position. He should be a tackle. He's playing guard, and he's doing a hell of a job right now. So good job, man. I'm with you, Ezra. Keep it up, man. Next guy, our rookie, Ed Ingram, man. He is, a, I'm going to say his ranking. It's not great. It's 56.2. It's ranked 44th out of 71. Okay. That is in comparison to Ole Udo last year at 54.4. Now, Mason Cole did rank pretty high, uh, but he was switching between, you know, positions 69.7. So, Mason Cole would probably look, and he's actually got a 71 rating this year. So, if Mason Cole would have stayed with us, we would have a better offensive line right now. But long-term, Ed Ingram's the real deal. This guy run block, like, he he flattens people. I watched every play. He flattens people. And in the pass protection, he had a fairly good game. What I can tell you is that he's not finishing his blocks. He's, uh, I don't know, he has a timing thing in his head where he just lets go of the block. And it's weird. So I think it's something that'll be coached out of him because this guy moves. He doesn't get moved back. Let's put it that way. And he flattens really good players. And he's actually got good instincts, and he's picked up some. Uh, he picked up. It moves well. Moves completely well. There was a stunt where he, he went and just followed the guy and kept blocking him out of, you know, well out of position. I don't know if it was the smartest thing to do or if it was in where you need to pass somebody off, but he actually followed a a stunner and kept him from the quarterback. And then other occasions he, for some reason, let his guy go and that guy made the tackle. So a little mixed bag this last game, but overall, man, this guy has a future. We're doing the right thing by end of the season. I expect this to be as high or just as high as Ezra Cleveland. He's going to get improved guys. He's got good instincts. He's got good feet. He's so strong, man. So strong, and him and Bradbury in this last game did a couple of they they worked well together in keeping uh you know a double double team in a you know a tackle keeping the pocket up the middle clean. They worked well together. I I see tons of good things. Now the guy that's surprising me the most, man. How many times did you see this dude number fifty six sitting in Kirk Cousins' lap last year? He had uh, a shaky couple plays the first uh, game in the first half against a really good defensive tackle. But since then, you're not hearing Bradbury's name at all. And there's a good reason why. He's doing his job. His anchor, some, somehow he found it. Somehow he found it. I was, I called him a traffic cone. I was one of, I'm a... If anybody's a detractor of Garrett Bradbury, it's it it would be me. I called him a I called him a traffic cone, and someone got pissed at me and kicked me out of their uh, their Facebook fan club page because I offended Garrett Bradbury. And I stuck to my guns. He well, he, the reason why I call him that is because he can't block anybody. People just ran around him. Not this year, man. It's a different different player. He's he uh, he he double team blocks, peels off, gets the next gets the next level just as good as anybody. His run blocking is really good. 
in this last game, his pass blocking was just as good. And I'm impressed. Garrett Bradbury, I'm not going to apologize because you played terrible the last few years, but I give you congratulations for putting in the work and coming out so far having a pretty good grade, 69.8, the sixth highest-ranked center in PFF in the NFL right now. Last year, you were 60.2, which was replacement player, borderline replacement player. 69.8, man. I expect that to go up. I expect it to go up because the Philly game, we got kind of dinged on that. I think we go in a... We have nowhere to go, man, but up, I think. Well, we could, you know, obviously we could go down, but right now I think the trajectory is up with two out of three really good games by our offensive line. We got a good future here, man. I think they love to run block. And then, hey, they're mixing in uh, some pass blocking, and it's, and it's, it's pretty nice to see, guys. Go back. Go back and look at the highlights of this game. They gave Kirk Cousins time. The one sack was on a delayed blitz where they didn't have enough people to block. He he ran in behind O'Neal where Kirk Cousins couldn't see him and got the sack. He had no chance on the play. If you go back and look look at the go back and look at the uh, the sack. So hey, that's it for today. That's it for this. Give these guys a hand. They did a great job. This is our future offensive line for the next five years we may not get rid of Bradbury we might not let him go we might re-sign him if he plays like this the rest of the year book's still out on him man book's still out on him book's still out on Ed Ingram but hey I have faith in both these guys now Bradbury I have a little bit of faith in you not yet I don't have a lot of faith in you yet a little bit let me temper my expectations but so far it looks good trajectories up. I love it. This is Skull World, brought to you by Minnesota Sports Talk. I'm your host, Dave. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Skull World. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you hit like. Make sure you comment. Tell me what you think. Ring that bell so you don't miss a show. Skull Vikings. See you next time. Cue the music. Thank you, Viking fans, for listening. Make sure you catch my other episodes. Also, make sure you subscribe, like, and leave a comment below. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Skull Vikes.